Welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie. Brother Bob's back. Hey, how's it going? Big Mike's back. How you doing? Carl's back. You're welcome. <laughs> Silent Ron is back. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> there he was. <laughs> this week's Bible verse is James 4.10. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. So we go all the way back to my second entry of my <clears throat> journal, and it kind of got brought up in men's group, was kind of the question that I had way back then, and then like everything revolved around it the past weekend with it, because it got brought up in the sermon, and it got brought up later on. But the question was, essentially, when's enough enough? When, when do you go to somebody to tell them about Jesus and you keep talking to that brick wall, basically? They don't want to hear it. They shut you down for whatever reason. When do you wipe your feet? And move on. My answer back then was an answer that was told to me, but I didn't really understand why. Was essentially you never give up. You just change the approach a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that. like, Because it's tiresome. Frustrating. It's frustrating. Very frustrating. Tiresome. Sometimes it makes you angry. Sometimes it's awkward. Oh, yeah. It's like the whole thing. Um, And then... But it's also like Silent Ron here, for example. Him and his wife. Like, their friend told them, Lisa tried to get you guys to come to church a while before. But then... Like, I don't, I know Lisa, you guys know Lisa, so, like, she didn't just give up. But I don't know if it was as prevalent into the conversation. But then, like, I threw it out there a couple times, and then they came. So, maybe it wasn't. I don't, I don't think it was just the idea that you threw it out there, you know, I had. No, I, yeah, I, there was. I, I know what you're saying, I. There was other factors in the play, but since at that time she was closer to you guys than I was. Correct. Right? So I don't know. And this might be a question you can answer. It might not be a question you can answer, but it's a blanket question for everybody. It's like, how do you, <clears throat> when do you walk away so you can let somebody else step in? When do you physically walk away? So that way the next person can come in and try. Because it's in God's timing. We know that. That's also the frustrating part mm-hmm. that comes in. It's like, I'm so pumped up. Like Sometimes it's even hellfire and brimstone. Like, I'm trying to save you. Come to church. Like, yeah, what do let, I need to do? Let, yeah. You need a paintbrush across the face? Yeah. You See, know? Do you need twenty bucks? I'll get. I'll give you twenty bucks. Yeah. Just come to church. Listen. Yeah, I'll buy you breakfast. You know. Well, I maybe. think that highlights the first 
the way you approach it, the, the, the very first thing you need to get through your head is you're not going to talk anybody into the kingdom. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, the, you can't the be, you can't sell Jesus, right? Yes. The desire is to get them there, obviously, if you have the right heart condition, but you also have to have the right method. You have to have the right tact, and you have to have the right the right understanding of what you're really seeking to accomplish by planting those seeds. And it's not to talk somebody into believing. Right. Right. And it was, you know, it was a combination for me. Yeah. Between Lisa, Ronnie. Why'd you roll your eyes when he said my name? And my wife. <laughs> Because, you know, Lisa asked, and I was yeah. like, okay, whatever you want to do, we'll go. Well, we never went. And then she's like, well, Ronnie's asking now. I was like, okay, whenever you want to go. And then when she threw in that Cole was into the mechanic side, I don't know if that triggered something to me saying, okay, let's go. Or if it was a matter of me saying, you know, three people have asked, let's go. I don't know what really. The three in one? Yeah. But you know, but also like to Carl's point, I don't think that any of those people were trying to sell Jesus no, to you, though. No, it, it like my philosophy then and now has always been: I'll pay you to come to church and let him do the rest. Right, right. I just want you to get get through the door. Right. The thing is, is most people, <clears throat> you know, we know we're supposed to plant them seeds. But the thing is, is once we plant them seeds, then we try to do God's job for them. Mm-hmm. Then we try to make them seeds grow. We try to we try to fertilize them seeds, and we try to get that plant started. But you can't because that's not our job. We plant the seed, and it tells us this: you plant the seed, somebody else will water it. But God's the one that gives the growth. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do your job to plant the seed. Talk to them until they're done hearing what you have to say, mm-hmm. and then walk away. It to me, when's enough enough? When, when's it time to walk away? Typically, the person, the person decides that for you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not. It's not really you looking for some some spiritual sign of you know. Right. Should I keep? And, should I keep trying to force this? Should I stop? They're going to decide for sure you. Sure, they're going to decide. And and you know when but you're those, talking to somebody, you can tell when when they're done mm-hmm. oh, yeah. i mean and you just keep you know and then if you keep forcing the issue that's that's kind of like just forcing the word of god down their throat you can't do that either because that's going to turn them off even more right you're not actually planting the seed you're actually digging the seed up and throwing it away because you're forcing it on them. you can't force it right so how do you keep yourself from feeling like you failed them but you didn't fail them because your job if you was, give up on them you don't the thing is is what i'm trying to say is your job, our job, is to plant that seed. Agreed. It's not our job to try to make that seed grow. All we got to do is plant it. Yes, we try to nurture them and help them along, but we can't make it grow. They got to make the choice to whether they decide they want to follow God or not follow God, because that's where our free will comes in. Right. You know, God's the one that God's the one that decides that it's the right time for them to start growing. Mm-hmm. There's also a difference between witnessing to a stranger in like a mission field and your friends and your family. Right. And like, maybe that's like the hangout. It could be. That, you're, that, that I'm seeing because the difference would be a stranger, you're going to plant the seed, you're going to talk to them until they're done talking to them, and then you're going to you're going to move on. You're probably right. never going to no, see them no ever times. again. Right. But a family, a friend, 
you do, you do witness to them. I'm not saying you don't, but the, the, the most important seed you're going to plant for them is living out and walking out the Christian walk for them to see. Because you're around them all the time. Right, right. They're going to see the change. They're going to see the way you walk. They're going to see the way you live your life. And that's going to be the seed you plant. That, and not, that's not, not some argu- winning some argument about no, why you should follow Jesus. Because that's a good, yeah, that's a good point. Because when you're, when you're witnessing to your family and friends, they knew how you was back in the day. Mm-hmm. They know how you are at that point right there. That's why when, when it comes to family and friends, that's why... Actions speak louder than words. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's not a noticeable difference to your friends and family, then that needs to get checked first. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, because you need to be in the right place with Christ before you go out making disciples of him. Because your, your journey and your, your, your testimony are still applicable, but it's also a dangerous mm-hmm. tightrope that you're walking if you're not living the faith. Because then they're, they can just be like, well... Okay, yeah, I'm in. But you're showing them you, you don't have to be full in to, to walk with Christ. And that's not not what he wants. Nope. That was actually something I wanted to share when you, when you gave this topic to begin with. Because I think, you know, the most powerful seed that you can plant, honestly, is to share what Jesus has done for you personally. That's to share how he's changed your life, how he's rescued you from your sin and your family. Friends are going to see that. Absolutely. Like, it, it's a lot more powerful. Like, I can tell you how he's changed me. Right. And that's cool, but it doesn't prove anything, so I could just make that up. Yeah. You know what I mean? But your family and friends are going to see it in action, and that's like, that's on another level. Yeah. yeah. And especially if they're with you every day, you know, they're, they're going to see the growth and the change in you. Yeah. You know? And, and that could be a, a very powerful tool you know and and just imagine the scenario is if you're with a couple of non-believers you and your wife and you just tell them you know what i tell you what instead of me trying to tell you what jesus has done for me i'm gonna leave for 15 minutes let my wife tell you you know what i mean i mean because you don't even have to know what she'll say but i guarantee you it's going to be amazing and you know that kind of Talk about the question that you had over our okay. via text. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, we so, all are. We all are still growing. We are still the seeds that are growing. But what happens when when seeds start growing? When a tree starts growing and it gets to bloom, it starts throwing other seeds out, so it'll plant other trees, right? Right. And that's that's exactly the way we're supposed to be. We're a seed that's growing, but yet as we're growing, we still got to give off seeds to keep growing and, and further more growth yeah. in other people. Yeah. That's, so I mean, does that kind of does that kind of answer you, the question that you kind of asked over the text? Well, I just you know how I don't know I don't know how to say it. I just so don't want to give somebody the so-called bad seed, not knowing if I've. If I'm, you know, in the right place to give the seed at all. But it's just like, like in our sermon that we heard. Because right? I tried. Huh? Oh. Just like in our sermon that we heard. Right? Not everybody knows the church in these. Right. That's right. <laughs> but, but do you, you got to know the church in these? You but don't. you don't have Evidently to. Evidently not. And see, Carl's told me that. And then Cole confirmed it Sunday. So I was like, you know what? I'm freelancing it. 
Yeah. And, and, and right now, that's what your testimony is. Right. Your testimony is your life up until this point to where you decided, okay, this is it. I'm following Christ. I've given my life to Christ. I've been baptized. My wife and I are walking this road together. You know, so there's there's your comeuppance, if you will. There's your qualification, if you will. Yeah, and the thing is, is you're gonna you're gonna put out there what you know to be true. What you know that God has done in your life and how he has changed your life, how he has changed your wife's life, how he has brought you guys together as one more in marriage and making you grow that way because you all, he understands that you all want to do this together. So he's, he's actually giving you guys the chance to do this together. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the way marriage is supposed to be anyway, you know, because one man, one woman, when they come together, they become one. I just want to say to you, sharing your rescue story, like how Jesus rescued you, that's never going to be a bad seed. Yeah. In my experience, and I've known a lot of people, and I've, I've, I've been on both ends of it too, of, of not being so great in my approach, bad seed typically isn't the information. Usually it's the attitude behind the one sharing the information. Yeah. Usually that's what makes the seed bad is the heart condition and the attitude. The mm-hmm. way it's shared is typically what makes it rotten. So it makes it hard for people to accept it a lot of times. You know, I mean, if it's coming from a place of arrogance or condescension or conceit, it's yep. bad every single time. I don't care if every syllable you speak is 100% true. If you're sharing it from a place of, of smug high-mindedness, mm-hmm. it's bad seed. I mean, you're never going to mm-hmm. convince anybody like that. You know what well, I mean? Well, God's not going to bless that seed no. because, you know, you, you're sitting there being smug about it. And being smug like that is being like, hey, I'm just as good as God is. Mm-hmm. I'm like God, but we are not. Right. It misrepresents mm-hmm. his character yeah. when we act like Absolutely that. Absolutely, it does. Yeah. You just, like being a lawyer, you present the case. Right. But the evidence, whatever they want to see, they're going to see. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I used to have the approach of when we're trying to make disciples that it was, okay, we got a room full of people, and who do I click with? Okay, this is the one. This is the one that I'm going to follow, and this is the one that I'm going to work on, and this is the one that I'm going to pray for, and this is, you know, just like almost that like sniper mentality of, you know, one shot, one kill, this is the guy, as opposed to trying to help everybody. And don't get me wrong, sometimes trying to help everybody or be there for everybody can be time-consuming, wear on you, and everything else, but at the same time, you're 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 planting more seeds, right? You know, just like Bob had said, if if you're if you're help tending to the orchard, it's going to create more orchards. You know, whereas if you're focusing in on one person and that's not going anywhere, then what do you have? An empty basket. An yeah. empty basket. But you know, the best part about you know, you said you focus on you pick that one person out, mm-hmm. and you focus on them. I've seen the time, because you think you click with that person. I've seen the time that I've done that, but there'd be other people around, and it would not end up being that person that I actually clicked with. It'd be this guy oh, yeah. over here that I wouldn't even have thought that I would even have talked to. Right, yeah. And that's the one I clicked with. 
Yep. You know, I mean, it, it's 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 just wild how God works. Or the reverse yeah. of that. Or the reverse of that. Where you click with that person, and so you're <clears throat> more focused on that person, and then all the other seeds fall away because they don't think you care enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, and there and there there comes your grounds right there. I mean, you know, we got to talking about the ground part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you got your fertile ground, you got your rocky ground, you got your thorny ground. Yep. It just uh, depends. It all comes back down to, like Carl said, what attitude are you throwing out there with that seed? Mm-hmm. As to which ground it's going to, you know, which ground it's going to land on. And you also, you know, got to kind of think the other person too. What kind of <clears throat> what kind of attitude are they in, or or where are they at in their life? You know, mm-hmm. right? That's that that could be another part of the bad soil part of it. You know. Yeah, I, I actually. And I think you can take it multiple ways. Correct. <coughs> Parables can be pretty broadly yeah, interpreted. You absolutely. know what I mean? But I, I think the the ground can represent our environment. Yeah. You know what I mean? The people group, yeah. the environment that, you, that we allow ourselves to be in, and when we allow ourselves to be in a in a in a toxic, godless environment, I think you could liken that to rocky, yeah. rocky ground. Rocky ground. Mm-hmm. You're, you're putting you yourself in a place where the seed can't grow. Right. You know, you're setting yourself up for failure. So there's there's, and I think that's important to recognize. That's that's the person you're sowing the seed to. I know that parable mm-hmm. of the sower is God, but it is. It it's, is. It's, it's, it's relevant to what we're talking about, right. too, because they have to be receptive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you mentioned disciples, making disciples. That's Matthew chapter 28. And in the context of that, he says, go and make disciples, teaching them everything I've commanded. Mm-hmm. That implies that the person you're making, the, the, that you're making a disciple of is willing to hear and receptive to hearing everything he commanded long term. Right. So, you know, when you're when you're trying to plant a seed or reach out to somebody that just is hostile and wants nothing to do with the message, they're yeah. in rocky soil, walk away. Yeah. They're they're either not ready. Well, you know, the rocky the rocky soil you're talking about, you know, that, that seed's gonna grow right off the get go. Mm-hmm. But as soon as as soon as the sun comes out, it's just gonna burn up. Yep. And that and what they're and what, what that means is then people are perceptive as long as you're talking to them, but once you walk away, Done. They're yeah. out. Or or the receptive or the, of the things that make them feel good. Right. There yeah. you go. Until hard times hit. Yes. Right. Until hard times hit. And when they don't think it's a okay, I've said this, I've done this, but we're now, fine. Yeah. This is my you perception. Know, when, they, when it gets switched and it gets turned. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. it's you know, there's nothing again, it just becomes that toxic and I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things too, is because I've also seen people pouring, 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 pouring into people and then, or a person, and then they kind of get sucked back into their world, Mm -hmm. you know, to where then it's taking them away from God when they were so, so on fire, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's getting drawn back in. So it is, it's, you're always in a double-edged sword with, with putting yourself out there. Yeah. And I think fail safes for ourself, for lack of better term. Right. Right. Like. I have a group of guys that, like, knows this or knows that, right? Knows me enough to, like, pull me back off that edge. Right. And be like... But there's nothing wrong with that. No. That's, that's that, and that's what I'm saying. That's, if you've that, got somebody that's the like fa- that... That's the fail-safe yes. that you yeah. have to put in place. Them are the guys so that doesn't happen. Right, so what them, Mike was ta- talking about doesn't happen. Right. right. Them's the guys yeah. that's got that rope around your waist and, yeah. like... 
Okay, we're gonna load. We're gonna let you out there, Jester. But we're gonna pull you back when the need. A whole bunch of them, and there ain't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and I the thorny ground. This is my perception. I don't you know. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I think the thorny ground. You know, is uh, more of like the church going people. You know, box checkers. Box checkers. There you go. They they grow up. And there's there's the ones that are you know the good the good ones that are actually seeking God, but the ones that are growing up are throwing it, chokes them out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've seen that a lot in churches mm-hmm. where you got a new you know they'll they'll have a they'll have somebody give their life to Christ, but they don't nurture them. They don't try to they don't try to feed them. They don't try to you know get them further on in the Word. They just kind of let them choke out. Yeah. Right. That's that's where I think the thorny ground comes in. You you know you're trying to plant them seeds in the within the church to people that think they know everything, but yet they don't. Right. You know that that's just my perception. So you guys, you know, you, you all really need to study that for yourselves. I mean, for real. No, I would agree with that. I think, and <clears throat> we're just in that earlier today in Jude. Uh, I think it's first four. There's only one chapter. It's first four, but he's he's warning the people about a group of believers. Ostensibly, they're believers that have weaseled their way into the church, mm-hmm. and he says that they use the grace of God as I'm paraphrasing. They use the grace of God as an excuse for indecency, yeah, to sin. And I think those are the thorns you're talking about. They mm-hmm. they spread that that toxic, spiritually deadly, lawless ideology. Yeah, and the ones that are genuinely trying to seek God. They choke that out. Choke it out. Yeah. And here's a caveat as well, Ron. You may never see that fruit. Right. You may. I mean, you could sow into somebody for decades, and but you may not see that. But it's not to say that that's not the you know obviously the planting of that seed. Well, it's obvious I'm not the one that needs to sow the seed on this one so it's kind of like Cole said you know wipe your feet and I guess move on and hopefully the next person that comes along can get to them better than I can I think that there's a difference between there's a difference between giving up on them and giving up on being the one that's going to bring them to to Christ right yeah Yeah. that can be a pride issue that can turn into a pride issue real quick I want to be the one that leads them I want to be the one that gets them there I don't want to take the credit for it I've been there I don't think I feel at that point yeah and the credit should all go to God Mm -hmm. right it's just what's going on with this one is it's uh, I don't even know how to say it without throwing it out there because I don't want to really throw it out there uh you talk to them and you talk to them and then you think you see little spurts here and there but yet you don't know if it's genuine I guess so right. to say mm-hmm. yeah and then but then they show just a little a little hint of like but going right place. on yeah and then it's like well what happened to the right on now you're back over here where you started from and it's yeah. like what what happened well uh, has, has Could, so I look at everything as a coaching perspective because I've been a coach half my life of things, right? So on that situation there, I would like at least there's that glimmer of hope. So how whether whether it's a glimmer of a real glimmer of hope or 
a mask, Glimmer of Hope. We're going to build on that. But are they just doing it to well, that, that, stop you from building? You know, it's, it's a hard place to define whether or not which way they're going. Right, because they're, just, they're showing you something, but they're. But you have to remember that's not different. That's not yours. I know it's not. You know it's what I mean? hard to. That's that's not yours to answer. Exactly. You know, so you right. have to. So you so, have to put it so out. So you got to take it for face know. value. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. What now? If that's how you believe or perceive it, then you just audible and change your approach. Right. Right. Because you got to remember, you can bring anybody. To the cross, you cannot make anybody kneel. That's right. That's kind of like leading. You should say that to him, bro. I I wrote down three things already, and that wasn't one of them either. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I don't know. You know, this person that you're talking about. uh, You know, do you know what kind of road they've actually walked in their life? I mean, there there may be there may be some points there that. has got them, you know. Remember, we talked about them walls being built. Yeah. This this person could have so many big walls built that and so thick that you're going to have to bust them. It's going to be like an onion. You're going to have to peel it back in layers. I mean, you know, there to get be, to get to the heart of it. Might be years worth of yeah. of baggage that God needs to work through. Right. And you're probably just seeing an outward expression of the wrestling match they're having with mm-hmm. God on the inside. Just, you know what I mean? They just come from all. Yeah, the swirling. Yeah, yeah, I mean, one minute it's this, one minute it's this, and it's like, dude, come on. Yeah. Hey, I, you know, honestly, brother, I can I can relate to that guy or that whoever this yeah. person is, because that's where I was at when I was unsaved. I mean, you know, I always thought that something was going wrong in my life, or always thought that somebody was doing this to me, or always thought that. Nothing was right. It was mood-driven. Mood-driven, exactly. When you're in a good mood, that's yeah. when you gave hope. Yes. Or you showed the light. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then when bad mood come around or, or or the grim mood, I'm like, oh, that was doomsday then. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we got to, you know, like Ronnie said, you got to you got to figure out what approach you need to take. Yeah. You know, so what you need to do is just step back, assess them, and try to figure out where they're at you know, with their walk or what's going on in their life that, you know, so you can peel that layer back for them and help them get rid of that, you know, so God actually peel it back so God can get rid of it. Say, yeah, you got to give them space to grow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where planting a seed comes in. You know, you just don't plant a seed and the next day it's fully, it's fully blossomed. Mm-hmm. You know, take corn, for instance. It takes three, four months for it to get fully where to it its needs full to, height. to its full height and then you know and then it's another probably six weeks after that before it's actually ready to be picked so I mean and, you know and just like life it's got to be the right season got to be the right season that when I remember I shared I took that trip to Philadelphia mm-hmm. a few months ago one of the people we met there her name was Amanda and she she had you know found Jesus she got cleaned up it was amazing she was a miracle story you know what I mean but she was sharing what led her there. You know, one of the guys that was with us asked, you know, what convinced you? Because I think they were having the same turmoil. You know what I mean? I, you know, we want to convince these people. We want to save these people. What convinced you? And she was like, it wasn't one person. It wasn't one missionary. It wasn't one, you know, it wasn't one Christian coming down feeding us when she was strung out on Kensington, Kensington Avenue. She's like, when I'm looking back, 
it was I can point to a dozen different people that came and shared the light of Jesus with me, and I rejected it in a moment. But looking back, there was those seeds that had been planted that led me, speaking on her behalf, that led her to the foot of the cross, as she would put it. You know what I mean? So that he could heal her. She's like, I wish I could go find those people and thank them. She's like, but there's no way I'd ever find them. I don't even know most of their names. And those people have no way of knowing the result of the seeds that they planted. They probably don't even know who she is. And And that's part of it. That's part of making disciples of people is not knowing or not getting the credit and that not bothering mm-hmm. you know or that not being an issue because it's just what God's calling us to do yeah. you know I mean it's not a it's not a, a race to see who can get the most Christians I'm hoping that's not I mean, the way for real, it just, uh, <laughs> right Huh? Yeah. I said, I'm hoping that's not the way I'm trying to portray here no oh, I'm just no, saying no, 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 I'm just saying you know a lot of a lot of churches make it competitive okay. right you know what I'm saying they're like well, we had this much attendance or we had this much uh, tithing done this week, you know, or, oh, hey, look how many people we baptized this week, you know. Right. So, so they're, they're throwing it out there and they're trying to say, look, we, we, we done this. But they did not do that. The obsession with celebrity in our culture has infested the church. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've, we've defined success in our faith by how many followers we have, by right. how many attendees we have, by how, how our, our metrics on social media or on YouTube, you know, like how, right. how recognizable our name is. Did we mm-hmm. write a book? Was it on the number one bestseller? That's how we that's how we measure success in the church now because yeah. that's how the culture around us measures success and we've 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 put our foot into Babylon. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we, we shouldn't be. Because right. that's yeah. not how God mm-hmm. measures success. You know, and this is probably wrong of me, but when I walk into a church and the first thing I see is the chart that tells us how much money they've had or how many how many attendees they had last Sunday, mm-hmm. I'm ready to turn around and walk out because I'm like, nope, this ain't the church for me because that don't need to be on the wall. Yeah, Who cares? Who so cares? That's the way our church was when I was growing up. This is the first thing you saw when you walked in the door besides coat rack. Mm-hmm. It was matter of fact, it was hung right next to the coat rack. You know, I I, I get it that that they like to have that many people there or they like to have that much money, but who cares? Right. God owns it all anyway. He he doesn't care about the money part of it. He cares about the people. Well, yeah. And a lot of those, a lot of those places, they don't do anything outside of their walls. Right. No, they do. You know what I mean? I mean, there's no like outreach into their local community or stuff. They may send money out other places, or you know, and things like that. But you know, but it's only a. Per- I mean, don't get me wrong. I I understand, but it's only a percentage that they like one or two percent. No, most right. churches yeah, yeah. will only send one or two percent of their of their actual what they've got in the bank to different places. Mm-hmm. You know, and and yep. me myself, if you got a bank account and it's got a bunch of money in it, give it away. Mm-hmm. It's not doing no good sitting in that bank account. I'm sorry, it just that fires me up. I hate it because I think that money needs to go back out into the community because it could help a lot of people. Yep. I wish we were more focused on the communities we're in. Like yeah. We're so, so, we're, we're so obsessed yeah. with, I think that's what you were referencing, yeah. we're so obsessed with the mission field because there's glory in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? There, you know right. what I'm saying? There's, there's, I don't know, there's something to boast about with it. Yeah. And it feels like that's what it's all about is is, is the boasting and not helping the people right. that are you know, the three blocks down the street that don't know how they're yeah. going to eat. Now. Exactly. The right. missions is good, mm-hmm. but man, what makes it great is if you've got the missions within your community. Absolutely. Right. 
because we could as a church building if you're sitting or church at all if you're sitting there and you've got houses on either side of you and you don't even know who any of them yeah do you know who lives in them houses any of them right you never want you never once walked over yeah. and knocked on the door and be like hey i mean what good is it we'd like to see you come to our church over here or yeah. you know let what us, let us i just love i just love to see you just come out and we'll just talk yeah. <laughs> it don't yeah. matter you don't have to come to church right right Yep. So I mean, you know, and I guess we kind of got off the sowing the seed subject by. No, well, not really, because you know, not yeah, really, getting I into guess. your community but, is sowing. The I think seeds we might have highlighted that the problem's the opposite. Well, that's the problem right. isn't so much that we're trying too hard to sow seeds. Maybe well, the problem is that we're not. Well, we're I think not trying hard enough. I, I, I think your thorny ground part, mm-hmm. at least for me, from my perspective, when I was on the outside looking in was more of the on-fire people not changing their approach. And it was the hellfire and brimstone part. Like, frequency in my ears, like, I just tuned it off. Right. Right. Like, I didn't want to hear. Now, did that 45-minute, hour and 15-minute sermon, was it good? Probably so. Could have been. But I didn't want to hear it. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. But if you pull back a little bit and not throw it out there in people's faces. Exactly. Yeah. Don't shove it down their throat. Then I'm more accept me, I'm more accepted to listen. Right. But And you're talking about the you before you got saved. Yeah. Because so, here's the thing. like, And, and that's why I I'm, had a certain me... Mm-hmm. I had a certain reason why I didn't come. Right? <coughs> Sorry. And if that pastor, person speaking the gospel, was in that frequency, I just tuned him out. I got the same thing. I had the same right? thing. There's... But then I met our pastor... And I still didn't want anything to do with them. Like, I told it <laughs> nauseam. Like, I was taking pretend phone calls, so I didn't have that conversation with him. Mm-hmm. Right? Because he was an okay guy. I'm like, the shoe's going to drop. And then I came to church. And I was like, all right, here's where the shoe's dropping. Yeah, it was like, great. The very first day. That frequency, I'm not going to hear it. And it'll be okay. My wife will be happy that I came. And... I'm going really, our merry way. I'll be mowing next Sunday like I planned on this Sunday. I'm really surprised you didn't turn around. Steps. You didn't turn around the first day and walk away because I was standing out in front of the <laughs> I was standing out in front of the theater and and they was about halfway down the street and Cole walked out and Melissa goes, "Hey Cole, look who I brought." Yeah. <laughs> My wife, who's and very, I look, who's as quiet as a church mouse. And me, I look down there and I'm like, "Man, Ronnie Burns coming to church." Yeah. <laughs> and I said, like, what normal people say, or what I've heard, what I said, what I've heard other people say. Well, either I'm going to burn this place down, or <laughs> right. it's going to come, yeah, I'm going to catch all down around me. Oh, yeah. But, you know, like but, but now, <clears throat> now, there are some speakers and pastors, teachers, whatever, that I don't enjoy as much. But I still get something out of it. 
Well, it's because now you're perceptive to hear God's word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. So think of it like a radio station, right? right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like different DJs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the the old school st- style, right? You're trying right. to tune into that station, mm-hmm. but you barely hear it, and you still got that white noise back there, right? But you, and you're just far out away from Chicago that you can't get that clear sound on right right and that's how i was and, and then i just got frustrated and i didn't even i tried to change the channel and like didn't right. even want to hear it anymore and that's everybody that doesn't want to hear the word of god they're going to tune it out mm-hmm. right but it but it takes just that one little thing that changes their perception and it opens their ears up that's right they they become more perceptive to it's god's the approach word. of the word it me. is right and, and like and like I was saying uh, before, though, like my wife's approach for me, like she would bring it up nonchalantly, okay, and then of course she used her birthday as the excuse to get me there, but she said since then it's like I just wanted you to go because I knew as soon as you went, then the rest would be yeah. So my wife History. told me. The best part about that is she got him to come to church and she still got all 12 of them. <laughs> you know, when, I, when I left the church and I came back, it took me forever to find the right one because, like you said, I'd go in there. I guess I'd go in there with the wrong attitude from the get-go. Yeah. Because I'd be walking in like, you know, I don't want to go. I'm going to make her happy. I'm going to check it out. If this pastor doesn't grab me from the get-go, then I know this ain't where I need to be. Because growing up, going to church, being drugged to church growing up, actually, you listen to a guy and all you hear is like that Charlie Brown womp, womp, womp stuff. Yeah. And it it bores you. You fall asleep, whatever. Yeah. You know, and that's the way it was for me. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to go. So I, me and the wife went to like five or six different churches. And the pastor, I felt like I was being teached at more so than being teached the word that I, that way I can take it the way I need to take it, you know? Yeah. And, and then when we went and listened to Cole, instead of just reading it right out of the book and saying, well, this is the way it is. This is the way I interpret it. This is the way you need to live your life because this is my interpretation and this is law. You know, Cole breaks it down to where you can understand it. You can, you can like, I guess, see it coincide coincide it with your life. Mm -hmm. And then you understand it more. He modernizes like, it without yeah. modernizing it, mm-hmm. then, if that yeah, makes sense. And then you can get it. Well, yeah, yeah. modernizing without compromising. You know, all the rest just <clears throat> threw it over my head, and he threw it in my face. Yeah. You know, he brought it down a notch to where an idiot like myself, or a dummy, however you want to call it, <laughs> could understand. Right. He didn't, he didn't talk down to you. He talked to and, you. Right. To, yeah. yeah. And that's what I told my wife. I was like, we can go check it out. But if it's this way again, I'm not going. Yeah. And it wasn't that way. And ever since, I've just been hyped on it. And I look forward to Sunday. I look forward to listening to what he's got to say. I look forward to knowing what's in that book that mm-hmm. I don't understand. And he can break it down for me. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, I'm still hyped three years later. You know, it, it gets me. I look forward I mean, to Sunday every day. Yeah. Of the week. It's like, 
you know, and then I tried to live my week well, out. One day closer. Well, I think Jeff said it on a podcast before, or an episode before, was that usually it was trying to get to Sunday to hear the word. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the rest of the week was trying to get back to Sunday. You're right. But now it's here Sunday, and now I'm diving into it and trying to study it more from Sunday on. Mm-hmm. Like Sunday was the end day before, right. and Sunday's the beginning right. now. Well, and like I've said, is it, like for us, it used to be like our total on Sunday. Everything, the intro, the music, the, the fellowship, the end of it, and then we'd have a Sunday school for like half an hour. And that was like a lot of church, we thought. Yeah. You know, Sunday yeah. actually is the first day of the week. <laughs> well, I'm just saying like how he looked at it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. But then now ever since, I got, you know, Sunday morning kids church, church group, Monday nights. You know, Saturday nights. Yeah, my week's full. Doing stuff during, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I think I can fit something else in. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's I can't get enough. I can do it. I can you do know? it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I hear the word on Sunday, and I tried to make it coincide with my life until next Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what Jeff said that he was doing now, as before. Yeah. Like when he was just so going. So I tried to apply what, what yeah. I've learned. You're hearing yeah. the word, now you're trying to apply it to your life. Yeah. Right? Yep. And and that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to hear his word and then apply it. All right. Pull the needle off the record. Mike, you've been busy down there, not on your phone, surprisingly, but actually writing stuff down. Wow. All right, everybody turn your heads. Yeah. <laughs> and see how you got Can, four. You see the conviction? <laughs> you see the <laughs> see how you got a few when you read one, uh, you know, pass the paper over. <laughs> uh, so the one that I'll leave off with, I said part of it, but, you know, um, you may never see the fruit, but don't let it, ever let it stop you from planting the seed. That's a good one. That's a good one. Bob? I ain't got nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. Nothing at all. Ronzo? I don't, I don't really know what to say about it, except, you know, don't give up on yourself. There you go. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, eventually, someone, something, some event, or something will turn you to where you want to know, and you want to know the answers. You just got to be... Watch it for it and be ready. Yeah. Or you don't have to be ready, to be honest. Well, that's true. But I mean... I was as close-minded as close-minded could be when I went through those doors. But But yes, I... Yeah. Yeah, but he'll slap you open. Just don't be surprised when it happens. (laughs) You know, right? Hey, you may have been closed-minded, but God still had his foot in the door. (laughs) (laughs) And as wrestling fans, he hit me with that steel chair. That's it. (laughs) Slammed you through a table. Yeah. Carl? I just want to share to those who are planting seeds that in Exodus chapter 20 were commanded not to take the name of Yahweh in vain. And what that really means is to not carry his name falsely or in a way that misrepresents him. We are diplomats on his behalf, right? And when we witness to people in the name of Jesus with an ugly attitude, we're misrepresenting him. Mm -hmm. We're carrying his name falsely, and we really need to guard against that. We are diplomats of the kingdom of God, and we need to act like it. 
if you if you're not at a place where you can behave properly and carry his name properly stop witnessing to non-believers until you fix that because you're probably going to do more damage than good yep um for me i'll just ditto what ron said is don't be too hard on yourself if you feel like you're stuck in a spot because you might actually be growing and you don't know that you're growing and try to talk about jesus as much as you can subtly sometimes or screaming as loud as you can from the rooftop sometimes but know your surroundings mm-hmm. and know the situation weed the garden mm-hmm. you can find us on our facebook group you can email us at broken ministries at gmail.com if you have some comments or topic discussions that you'd like us to hit on we have a couple ideas in the back of our head that we'll throw out there later on. And until next time. Welcome to Ministry. Catch you on the flip side.